It's wrapped so well. God, what, what, what could it be? I no idea. Really, really, this is just too much. Oh my, what, what could it be? What is that? What? Oh, gosh, you guys. That's so cute. Really, that's just so cute. Well, this is really great. Hadley, I just want to say that tonight we're reading pages 107 through 112. What the fuck am I going to do with this? <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the eighth episode of the Fantasy Bedtime Hour with your hosts, Heatherly and me, Julie. Tonight and every night, we'll be reading excerpts from Stephen R. Donaldson's book, Lord Foul's Bane. 
We'll be interviewing a series of experts on Lord Fowl's Bane and reenacting scenes from the excerpts we just read of Lord Fowl's Bane. Tonight's dramatic reading will be done by Heather Lee. Okay, well, a lot has happened since uh, episode seven, and I just have to say, Heather Lee, I really hate Tom's Covenant now. I like, I hate him so much. I hate him. And let me tell you why. Because in episode seven, we remember that the hot teenage girl's mom, Atrium, is telling the legend of Barak Hathand. Well, I guess that really pissed Thomas Covenant off because everybody thinks that maybe he is Barak Hathand, come to save them. But the hot teenage girl um, wants to help him, so she shows him this place where he can go off and be alone and be angry. So anyway, they're off alone in this place, and, well, and then he, and then he, he rapes, rapes her. He rapes her. Oh my god, I hate him so much. Oh, do. So basically, like, all those times where we're, like, in those past episodes where we're, like, we hate him, that got totally validated, like, within this part of the book. So anyway, um, the hot teenage girl gets raped, but she doesn't want to tell anybody because she thinks that, you know, Thomas Covenant is Barak Halfhand, come to save the land. So she goes back to the village and doesn't tell anyone. And the next morning, Atrium, the hot teenage girl's mom, goes there. And she wants to take Thomas Covenant to the Council of Lords. And and that's where our reading starts to take off. Yeah. So Thomas Covenant and Atrium are in the woods. And she's talking to him like he's Barrack again. And he's all, I'm not your bloody Barrack. And then she gives him this look of skepticism. And then he goes off on talking about how he's got to get this message to the Council of Lords. So he says, this is the message of Lord Fowl, the despiser. Say to the council of lords and, and to the high lord Profal, son of Dwillin, the utmost limit of their span of days upon the land is seven times seven years from this present time. Before the end of those days are numbered, I will have command of the life and death in my hand. Abruptly he caught himself. His words seemed to beat down the file like ravens and he felt a hot leper shame in his cheeks, as though he had defiled the day. For an instant, complete stillness surrounded him. The birds were as silent as if they had been stricken out of the sky, and the stream that he was standing near appeared motionless. And in that instant, Atrian gasped, and then she cries, Melakaliki Maka, Akuma Matata! Do not speak of it until you must. I cannot preserve us from such ills. And then this big bird swooped overhead, chattering. And then somehow he interpreted what she said as to mean something like it was a chance for him to talk about his leprosy. And then all of a sudden, Atrium's like, she sees something, and then she's like, the follower! Run! 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 And then Thomas Covenant is like, what? And she's like, run! And so um, they run and run because... Um, she thinks they're being followed, and then there's this, like, leaping figure, um, lashing out behind bushes and stuff, and he's got a knife, and the guy, like, slashes Barrett, not Barrett, oh my god, even I did it, not Barrett, but, like, um, Thomas Covenant on the back of his hand, and then he says, Raver! He yells, Ravisher! And then Adrian's, like, running toward them to, like, stop the fight. And then she yells, Tryok! Tryok, are you mad? You swore an oath of peace. And then 
Triac gets a chance to explain that Thomas Covenant ravished Mina last night. And this, like, really freaks Atrium out, as it should. So she's really freaking out, and she's sobbing. And then Triac's going off on, like, how much he loved Mina. And so Triac wants to kill Thomas Covenant, as we all do. As we all do. And meanwhile, Thomas Covenant is in this wild, rabid squirrel, like, dark wings, forcing him down. Um, and he's got all these memories coming back to him of his leprosy. And he had walked into town to pay his phone bill, to pay his phone bill in person. And in a voice abstract with horror, he murmured, can't happen. It's like he's freaking out thinking this isn't real or something. Anyway, so Atrium's like... How convenient. Yeah, how convenient. So anyway, Atrium's kind of gathering herself together, and she's making some decisions about what to do next. Deep down, she knows that there's peril in the land, and that she's got to get Thomas Covenant to the, the High Lords, and that she even says, like, we'll let the Lords punish him. So, you know, that's her way of, of just still getting him so he can deliver his precious little message, and, um, you know, then the Lords will handle it. You know, one of the things I didn't get yeah. is that part in the book when, like, all the birds fell out of the sky. Uh-huh. Yeah, like on page freaky, page one hundred seven, where the birds was, were uh, as silent as if they had been stricken out of the sky. I know. You know that's after Thomas Covenant went off on that thing about what he has to give the message to the lords. I know. That's just really weird. That didn't make like any sense. It's, you know, there seems like Stephen R. Donaldson is using a lot of birds in this sequence. Yeah, I know. And I wonder too. if there's some kind of symbolism with all the birds. Oh, oh, maybe our expert knows. Oh, we should ask. Yeah, totally. yeah. You know, Heatherly, is it just me or does Triox sound really hot? You know, it does sound really hot. Um, like, I think they mentioned in here that that knife, he, like, made it out of stone. Oh, that's, like, really hot. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. why was Triox, like, calling that guy a raver? I mean, there doesn't seem to be a lot of electricity in the land, so I can't imagine there being a lot of raves. Well, it seems like they really like to party, and they might not have electricity, but as we saw in episode 7, you know, Atrium had that whole group of people, and she was singing to them, and they were dancing around a lot, and a lot of them looked like ravers. And what was the deal with Thomas Covenant just being like this whiny little bitch the whole time? You know, like, Triop comes all the way down there to avenge the hot teenage girl, and all Thomas Covenant can think about is just like, oh, my, my hand, my hand, hand and my then he's hand. just like, oh, you know, it seemed like just the other day I was going to uh, Pacific Bell to pay my phone bill, and... <sighs> so bored. Maybe we should watch the action sequence. Oh, yeah, yeah, that should spice things up. It's very nice of you to be taking me to the Council of the Lords. Wait, what's that? Why don't you tell me a bit about this Council of the Lords? Oh, Thomas, you test me, Thomas Covenant. You know, of course it's a, a couple vampires and a, a hot chick, and of course you know this because you're the re-embodiment of Barry Cathan. I'm not your bloody barrack! 
This is the message of Lord Fowl, the despiser. Say to the Council of Lords and to the High Lord Prothal, son of Dwillian, that their othermost limit of their span upon the days of the land is seven times seven years from this present time. Before those days are numbered, I shall have the command of life and death within my hand. <laughs> So the council, yes, I, I think you'll find yourself well received and uh What's that? son first touched the plane. You know my love for her. I observed her at the gallery and I wasn't made happy by the manner in which this fell stranger dazzled her. This can't be. I'm feeling my hand. I can actually feel my hand. The cold wind against my hand. I, I can't believe it's my own hand. I, it's warm and it's cold and it's tingly and I can feel it. It wrung my heart that she should be so touched by a man whose comings and goings and no one should ever know. And then a shadow of fear came upon me and when have any other people been liars? Oh, it just seems like yesterday I was in a completely different place trying to pay my bill at Pacific Bell. Hmm. Yesterday, all my troubles seemed so far away. Now it looks as though they're here to stay. Oh, I believe in yesterday. It's the whole of the night searching for her. I found her, her shift rent and blood about her. She stroked to flee from me, but she was weak from pain and sorrow. And in a moment she clung in my arms and she told me what this raver had done. Mmm, God, sure would be nice to eat some chicken tonight. Then I took her to trail her father. While he cared for her, I went away opposing to kill that stranger, believing that my purpose was yours also, that you led him into the hill so to destroy him, but you meant to save him, the ravisher of Nina, your daughter. How has he corrupted your heart? You forbid? Answer me! What have oats to do with us? The council of lords will judge you, you evil, evil, dirty man! <laughs>
you can't stuck in heaven. Excuse me, I'm I'm not Ian Scholes. Oh, I uh. Well, then who's Ian Scholes? No, this is Ian Scholes. Ian, Ian. <laughs> well, if you're not Mr. Scholes, then who are you? I'm Violet, Mr. Scholes' secretary. So you're not Mr. Scholes then? Honey, do I look like Mr. Scholes? What am I doing here? Um. Okay, well, this is really exciting to have um, such an esteemed social critic with us today on the Fantasy Bedtime Hour. And uh, Hadley and I were both wondering if um, maybe you can relate to Thomas Covenant, you know, because he's like so pissed off all the time. Well, I, if you would, could you ref, for, uh, reflect all your questions through my, my secretary? I prefer it that way, just give a little oh, protection right. from the media okay. that way. I'm always kind of overwhelmed. Uh, Otherwise, Mr. Scholes, it's such an honor to have such an esteemed social expert, um, social critic on the Fantasy Bedtime Hour, and I was uh, wondering if you can really relate to the character of Thomas Covenant, you know, because he's such an asshole? Yes. Yeah, and he's got leprosy. No. Oh, oh, Mr. Scholes, Mr. Scholes, I have a question. Um... In the land, there were like all these birds, and I just don't get it. Was that supposed to be like symbolic of something or something? I hate birds, especially pigeons. Yeah, I think Thomas Covenant hated birds too. Well, he should hate birds because they'd have totally pecked his eyes out in the end of all that. I know, I know. But you know what, um, Violet? We, I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. um, I was wondering which character you can relate to most, which of the female characters um, you can relate to most um, in Lord of Fowl's Bane. Um, a, the hot chick from Pacific Bell. Mm -hmm. Or B, um, the hot teenage girl. Or um, C, the hot teenage girls that were in the mall um, right after, before you went to Pacific Bell. The ones buying the jewelry. Yeah. Hot teenage uh-huh. Hot teenage. Which one do you relate to most, do you think? Why not all of them? Of the oh, that's wow, awesome. that's like sexy. That is. I Neither never would have thought of that. I would have probably said the ones turning on jewelry. Yeah, I think I would have too. There's a mom in there too, isn't there? An angry mom. Oh, oh yeah, the one with the quailing heart. I guess she is a chick, huh? Yeah, but she wasn't really that hot. No. Okay, so just... we didn't think she counted. <clears throat> okay, so um, Mr. Scholes? My question is, like, okay, when when Thomas Covenant, you know, violated the teenage girl, like, why did Stephen R. Donaldson put that in the book? I mean, I was perfectly happy hating Thomas Covenant just for being creepy and lecherous, but now I have, like, a whole new reason to hate him, and, like, why? Uh, I wanted to give him a tragic flaw, even though he already had one. There's several, so he just is burdened with tragic flaws. 
tragic flaw? Mm-hmm. That he's a well, jackass? He thought, well, he, but he thought he was, he was uh, raping in a, like his imaginary friend, essentially, didn't he? Oh! Okay. He thought he was stuck in a dream. So I figured, well, this doesn't mean anything. So like going to, you know, jumping off the Pirates of the Caribbean ride and, you know, fighting with the pirates and, you know. Oh, kind of like that other night when I dreamt I had sex with an alligator. Exactly. Yeah, like, I wouldn't yeah. really exactly have sex. sex with an alligator. It was just a dream. That's funny. I had a dream about an alligator once, too. Yeah, but it was funny because in the end of her dream, it wanted to cuddle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was freaky. And mine, the tail was broken. Mm-hmm. I might be revealing too much about myself. Mr. Scholz, we were wondering if maybe Thomas Cummins just has this photographic memory, because um, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he just tells Atrium, like, uh, by the way, I'm going to give this message to the Council of the Lords, and then he just, word for word, exactly, he says, say to the Council of the Lords, and to the high court. It's like verbatim. It's like, exactly, exactly. Well, the word Powell has his power to, like, transmit his message, like, email. Ooh. So maybe he's just got like this little... So he's using Thomas Covenant as a sort of giant memo pad. Mm-hmm. Ooh. So it's as if Thomas Covenant is the internet. Or spam. Um, it's the Council of the Lords, so does that mean that Lord Thou was on the Council? I believe he got kicked off, didn't he? He was because he's like a bad wizard. And if you're oh. bad wizards, you don't get to be in, you know, you don't get to play with the others. Even so, like, even so like a Vader thing. Yeah. Oh Only good wizards can be in the Council of the Lords? I think so. Or, or good lords. So he was good like lord. A, he was like a naughty lord? Yes. Naughty his lord? He was Ooh. slightly cheeky. Yes. Foul. Yes. Foul. Lord Foul. Like really? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Hot, I guess. yeah. I mean if, if there was a guy named Foul, no, like, you know, Foul smelling, a guy named Foul. Are nasty. So he's not on the council of the I don't Lords. think so. No. There's nobody happy in this world, as I recall. Well, I know that Thomas Covenant sure isn't happy. No, he nobody isn't else happy is at all in this book. I, I hate him so much. I hate him so much. Yeah, he's, he, all he does is sort of feel sorry for himself and make trouble. I, I always say that. I'm always like, like, here's my Thomas Covenant impersonation. And I'm like, I'm Thomas Covenant, and I like stink really bad, and I walk like a robot, and I'm like really pissed off at everything. Nah, nah. Oh, and I grimace too. Ah. Maybe, I think maybe now would be a good transition to um, maybe, you know, speaking of the Castle of the Lords, go into the chart writing. Are, are you guys ready to maybe make a chart of what you think the Council of the Lords looks like? Sure. Okay. is a wise way to say Merry As I recall, it's sort of how the, the hierarchy works. First you have the, uh, oh, first you have the landlord, of course, who, you know, runs everything. Uh-huh. And then you have the Lord High Mucky Muck. Uh-huh. And uh, oh, it sort okay. of goes down from there. Uh, we have the, uh, Like, what are your favorite lords? Lord. Oh, the Good Lord, yeah. The Good Lord, which uh-huh. breaks off into Jack Lord and Lordy. And then, uh, wow. Lord Fauntleroy. I think this is, like, one of the most elaborate, uh, mm-hmm. 
Charlie yeah, McCann. I think my favorite Lord is the Lordy Lordy My Wife Story. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. These are like Lords of the Dance of the Rings of the Flies of Flatbush over here. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And Tracy Lords over here. I think yes. she's so mm-hmm. funny. She's great. Violet's got a really great one here. Yes. I was watching her draw it. Yes, this is my vision of the council. As you can see, I, I envision this as a sort of dark, cheerless, broken down place. Uh, rather like an abandoned elementary school that's gone uh-huh. through various phases, like that it becomes a dry cleaners and the real estate office. Is that a flying mat in the in the front lawn? It is actually a piece of newspaper. Oh, so, that's these, cool. These are kind of like little rats there. Those are actually supposed to be trees, Ian. Oh. Okay. Oh, that's really cool. They have bake sales. Right. Yes, they have bake sales. This is my uh, chart of the Council of the Lords. There's a hot chick Pacific Bell. He falls into the first precipice where he meets Lord Bell, then he falls into the second precipice where he ends up in the land, and then they walk into uh, up the mountain and where they meet the Council of the Lords, and there's a, um, a vampire, um, another hot chick, um, a bunch of ravens, and Lord Fowl. Because I really thought that he would be on the Council of the Lords. Ooh, is that mm. like um, anarchy or something? Well, um, see, I thought, you know, the Council of the Lords, because they're all magical and stuff, so they'd probably be standing around this pentagram. And because there's so many, like, kind of weird people in the land that, you know, I just drew, like, a variety. And then here's Thomas Covenant coming to the Council of the Lords, and these are the stink lines because he's so dirty. He looks and, like a ninja, and, and I hate him. I thought there might be, like, a two-headed, um, and no offense to, like, you know, mm-hmm. Joy Twins or anything, but I just thought there might be, like, you know, a two-headed lord. And, and then, a giant with a yeah, like, um, like a giant, because mm-hmm. I remember there were giants. And a guy wearing a cape, and then some sort of king, maybe it was like some sort of like Elvis type character, and then just some guy not wearing pants. Mm. Oh, wow. Mm. Yeah, that was great. Now, those pages were really challenging. They were. I feel really emotional right now. I think this is the most emotional I've felt at the end of Fantasy Bedtime House. Yeah, it was really exciting having two people with us on the show. Mm. It was really exciting. Yeah. Hey, Henry. Yeah, Julie? What was your favorite part of pages 107? Well, my favorite part, um, actually, I really just hated this part of the book. As much as I hated Thomas I kind of like the Triarch cut Thomas in the finger. Oh, I like that part too. By the way, what was your favorite part of uh, pages 107? Oh, it's all about track. Yeah. I think my favorite part of pages uh, 